Hello, Smorgasporters. Welcome once again to the Smorgasporter podcast, where each and every week we interview interesting personalities from the grassroots surf community. Today, I chat with Robbie Marshall of Soul Arch Surfboards down on the south coast of New South Wales. Robbie's undergoing a self-imposed hiatus from the board building industry in pursuit of sustainability through longevity. Simply put, he wants to build a more sustainable surfboard by way of its construction so that it lasts longer. In Robbie's opinion, eco-surfboards built with environmentally friendly products are not worthy of the badge that adorns them if they fall apart in a year. As he puts it, they're not sustainable or eco-friendly if they fall apart, particularly if they fall apart in 12 months. Sound interesting? Let's get into it. I suppose the board building side of things, I was trying to think, you've probably been doing that now for for 10 years, is that right? Uh, yes, yeah, I did build my first board maybe uh, 13 years ago, but I've really been trying to make a go of it for the past eight or nine years. Mm-hmm. And then you had a, a bit of a break probably over the last, what, would you say six months or so while you're working on this new kind of board building method? Yeah, that's right. I ceased. Um, I ceased orders, taking orders um, as of Easter this year. Mm-hmm. So, tell us a little bit about why the why that kind of break and 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 obviously the new construction method you've been focusing on. Yeah, um, well, I did um, for the last couple of years. I have been trying to sort of get into more of a, a timber composite construction and just some different ways of building boards, mainly based on the ethics of. Um, more environmentally conscious and, and stronger stronger builds. Um, but I did find myself in quite a financial situation just trying to do the design side of things as well as um, making li- a living from it as well. So I've decided to, um, you know, take take on a different job, which is going to pay the bills. And, um, yeah, in my in my downtime from that, just focus on, um, on the new designs and get it up to scratch and, and everything's going well. With that approach, um, I find that I, I, I have had a, quite a fair bit of time to work on these designs, and um, it, it's it's coming up fantastically. Um, yeah, the, the boards are boards are great, and they're only going to get better um, from having that little bit of time to work on them. You mentioned some of the the I think you're referring to the the timber board construction or some of the Enviro kind of board construction with the timber laminates that they had some weak points that you perceived in the build? Did you want to touch on that? or? Uh, yeah, just out of um, the, the, the ways that... Because well, I have done a lot of um, repair work, um, and, and that's probably the number one thing that's tried to... that has changed my um, my train of thought into how build, boards should be built. Is, mm-hmm. um, you're seeing where boards commonly fall apart, uh, and it's all... You know, around the same kind of areas. You know, your, your nose, your tail, your rails, um, around your fin boxes. Um, and I just want to build boards that really emphasise on um, in, in, in fixing those areas. You mm-hmm. know, make those weak points their strong points. Um, and, and doing so many repairs just drove me absolutely crackers. And I, I want to, you know, have my boards not being fixed every five minutes. So what were some of the, the weak points, you know, that you, you mentioned the, the tail and the nose. Was there anything in particular that you identified in terms of the construction that was leading to those breaks? Um, so a lot of, like around fin boxes is a, is a really common one. 
Um, so, uh, and, and and the fact that, you know, like if you get any cracks around your fin boxes, they, they do tend to leak into your um, into your core and um, depending on, on, on what kind of core you do have, um, like if it's a polyurethane core, it tends to, um, you know, just, just weaken that area and if it's if it's an EPS core, it tends to suck, suck it in and, and, and carry water throughout the board. Mm. Um, and then and then creates a, a bigger a bigger problem. So I've sort of I'm a big fan of um, glass on fins where there's no penetrations actually into the board, um, which isn't for everyone. But um, i was just sort of making you know playing with different ways to to strengthen these areas and um, your tail your tail is another one which you know is commonly um, damaged. So you know, within putting um, you know timber blocks or um, or fiberglass in around these areas, uh, stronger cloth. Um, you know, the bulletproof board doesn't exist, but uh, you know, if you can half the amount of time that they're, they're getting repaired, then I, I see that as a as a win. Hmm. So, so take us through uh, with with a bit of detail, if you can, your your kind of construction method and what you've been working on. So it'd be really cool to, to know everything. I suppose a little bit about the construction, you know, the, the timber that you're using, the, the core, I believe it might be chambered from what I can see and, and how it's finished. So, Yeah, so when I, um, when I return to taking orders, I'd like to have um, a full a full range. Like, I mean, just a full timber board doesn't appeal to everyone, but um, I, I do have um, options ranging from your, from your lightweight, um, EPS cores with a timber springer, which is um, a 65 mil by 3 mil deep um, springer timber springer, which is recessed into the board. Um, and I have glued that in under tension. So, and as the glue sets, it holds that spring in the glue. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's my lightweight sort of performance options. Um, and then ranging right through to um, you know timber decks and timber inlays with a flax bottom, um, and then. Um, right through to solid or to, to, to chambered um, timber boards, mm-hmm. which um, which which are bent, split and split and bent, and then um, also have chambered um, chambered rails, um, which do the rails take a fair bit of a set out to make sure I don't um, you know I've still got some meat to play with when I actually shape them, so they're chambered um, in, in 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 different um, in different thicknesses to make sure I have enough meat to play with. Yeah, when shaping the rails and all that. So obviously the the chamber is to, to take some of the weight out of the board, but still retain the strength. When when you mentioned the, I think you were saying the the spring is you kind of so it's a different approach to say a timber laminate where the 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 laminate's just placed on the the core. Is that right? That you're doing something a little bit different? Is that? Yeah. So it's in um it's in re- it replaces um the stringer so it's still working as a stringer giving it that bit of um, um, lateral strength but it's it's recessed in into the um, into the blank mm-hmm. and then say for instance I have I glue it into a board that's got uh, five inches of nose rocker and um, you know two inches of tail rocker I'm actually bending an extra half inch into the blank mm-hmm. which gives me a nice consistent curve um, like nice nice seamless curve which feels um you know, you do feel that in the water, and also adds um, adds tension to the blank, which you do feel as well. Adds adds a, adds a more liveliness, adds a spring to the to the board. Um, 
And then with that construction, to keep them cost-effective, um, it's just got a clear um, double four-ounce bottom. Mm-hmm. And on the deck, I have... And the, on the deck and the rails, it's a reverse cut lap with flax. Um, and I have done a basalt one as well, um, which these cloths do have more strength uh, than just a standard cloth. Mm-hmm. And the whole emphasis on, the, on that just being on the top and the rails is, um, you know, these are the problem areas where you're going to get um, compressions and your rails are also prone to, prone to dings as well. So it's just covering up, you know, the, the heavy traffic areas in a, in a stronger cloth. Um, but not the whole board to just keep the cost down a little bit. So why hasn't flax been used more often in the past? Is it purely a cost thing? Because I, I suppose I've heard a, a lot of positives about the, I suppose the the strength ratio and so forth. But is it, is there any kind of setbacks, or is it just purely cost? Or um, it does take a little bit longer. Like it is a little bit harder to work with just through my own um, experience with it. But I, I dare say, um, yeah, cost cost is a big factor. I mean, if you're just using a clear um, a clear four ounce, then I mean that's the, that's the cheapest way to go. It's easy to use. It's cost effective. Um, your flax is um, it's probably three times as dear as as a standard um, clear um, cloth. Mm-hmm. But I mean, over the cost of a board, it's not adding a great deal. You know, might add, add twenty bucks sort of thing. Um, yeah. Which you know, it's it's not too bad. A little bit trickier to use when you're working in your, your, I suppose, your resin and things like that, I'm kind of guessing, is it? Or? Uh, well, that's sorry, I missed that. A little bit trickier to kind of, when, when you're doing the actual glassing process and so forth, does it kind of tend to um, kind of move a little bit more when you're working, working in, you know, your resin in and so forth? Or? Um, not so much move, it seems to be a little bit, um, harder to wet out so it does take a little bit more time to work the resin into the cloth um, and then to bend it around um, uh, especially your tail tail takes a little bit to um, to work it around um, and then it also requires a four ounce over the top of it as well mm-hmm. um, and I just just through my own experience playing with it I've done that in a separate lamination mm-hmm. um, so that's adding you know quite a lot of time um, to the build because you're doing a double lamination. Uh, yeah. You know, you're doing the flax, let it dry, and then do it do it again. Um, so you're doubling up the process. But I mean, the the boards um like these these boards last um a, a lot longer and have that that lightness, that liveliness that um you know your high performance guys are are looking for. Mm-hmm. So other things that have got you sold on the the production method. I mean, obviously the the durability that they're still lightweight. Anything else in particular you wanted to highlight? Um, so, like, I have been surfing quite a lot of late, and I do find that the lightweight boards I have been using in the in the bigger, unpredictable kind of surf, mm-hmm. um, because because they do have that that fast response time. You can you can hit the sections um, which get thrown at you at a moment's notice. A lot, a lot faster than you can with the full, the full timber builds. Um, but I do find that I have been surfing the full timber ones quite a lot. I'm really sold on, on how they feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only time that I haven't really enjoyed surfing them is in big and unpredictable. They do feel big, good in big surf, but when it's that mushy 
kind of stuff that's, um, you know, just crumbling and throwing those, um, you know, unpredictable sections at you. The boards just haven't felt that good in that kind of surf. But when it's sort of fast and hollow, um, yeah, they, they do really come to life. And also in the small stuff as well, um, finding that they do feel good in, in all, all, round, um, all round conditions. Yeah. So what's the, what's the plan from here? I suppose what's the the, the rollout? Um, I do find myself to be a bit of a perfectionist, and towards before I did take the hiatus, I did find that um, I wasn't happy um, with my own work, um, and you know trying to just bang out boards to you know pay the rent um, it, it was taking its um, taking its toll. So throughout the hiatus, I won't be taking orders just to really hone down on these boards, get them to exactly how I want them, make, make sure that they're perfect before they're available um, to the public, which, I mean, it's going to work out really well for the for myself and for the customers because um, they won't be able to get them until they're, they're perfect. Mm-hmm. And, and when do you visit that to be, like just prior to Chrissy or something, was it? Or? Uh, no, no, so all of next year... Um, I'll be working on this project, mm-hmm. um, and I, the date that I have in store is the first of the first twenty twenty, just because um, I like the numbers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 0010020. Fair enough. And, and anything else you want to touch on 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 the boards? I mean, I'm really curious to hear as much as possible in terms of you know. Obviously, I know you've been excited about it for quite some time, so I'm keen to suck in as, as much information as I can. And is there a particular timber you're favouring or timber that you like to use? Western Red Cedar is um, my, my favourite timber. Mm-hmm. Um, having a carpentry background, I've always, um, like if I was ever building houses, I've seen cedar windows and jams that have been, would I, you know, would ordinarily get thrown into a skip in on keeping them and, hmm. um, and milling them down, denailing them and um, turning it into surfboards. So obviously, yeah, it's got the environmental appeal and all that. Is there anything in particular with the the properties of the wood that's say different to a a balsa or a polonia or anything like that? Um, so with I, I find the western red cedar to be pretty on par with polonia. Mm-hmm. Um, in in its in its in its weight um, and workability kind of properties, 
Um, but I do find that Western Red Cedar does have a bit more of a springiness to it. Mm-hmm. Um, to buy it, it's super expensive to buy, but most of my Western Red Cedar, well, all of my Western Red Cedar is um, reclaimed from um, building sites. Um, and because I have done it for so long, I'll be quite often working in the shed and there'll be someone rock up on my doorstep with a load of cedar. Yeah, and 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 he must be unique in that regard because I can't think of too many, you know, on the the, the timber board building side of things, too many guys who are using uh, Western Red Cedar. Uh, no, no, and it would purely be because of cost. Um, I imagine the American guys would use it a little bit because that's where it does come from, but um, but here to get it, it's it's just adds too much cost to a to a board. Mm-hmm. Um, the reclaimed stuff has, I mean, I'm creating one-off surfboards because of um, the nature of the timber. Um, the big eight-foot gun that I built was actually a, a remarkable piece of timber that I used for that, or all of it, actually. Throughout the centre, there's a really deep, deep red, western red cedar um, stringer, which would be 150 years old. Wow. Um, from oak flats and it has so many like, so many pieces of timber which you can sort of point at it and, and tell its story hmm. um, which I think is just an amazing thing you can sit there for hours over a beer or whatever and just you know talk about where each individual piece of timber has come from yeah no did it come out of a particular building or anything like that or um, well this board in particular um, I had had a mate work on a house in oak flats hmm. um, and he's brought it back down home um, for me, and it had a very, it had a mix of western red cedar and Douglas fir and some other timbers, which I was not certain what they are. And uh, yeah, the house, um, yeah, would be 150 years old. Um, and then the, the main body of it is a beam that I got out of the house at Mossy Point. Um, and I weighed, I had five beams, all of the same timber, and all of them were a bit warped and cracked and. I actually weighed all five of the beams and calculated what it actually turned out to be. Yeah. And there was and there was one beam which was dead straight, no splits, all really straight grain, and it actually weighed the least, and it was going to work out to be, you know, rideable for me. And I'll never find a piece of timber like that again. So it's just amazing to use, you know, use that kind of product and have that kind of feel to it. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you there. It just adds such character and such a story to the board. So, and is is that going to be your one, or is that for someone? Is that for a customer? Or yeah, that's mine. I mean, the the timber that's in the first few that I've done are pretty pretty special, and I'd find it hard to actually (laughs) get get rid of them. Um, Especially the eight foot gun, the timber that's in it, and where it's from. Um, Yeah, it's just such a such a story behind it. and another driving force too, which is, you know, is, is worth a mention, is the waves that we have here are pretty ordinary most days of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like pumping days are pretty few and far between. So having a board which is just so good to ride makes the you know the experience so much more enjoyable. Mm. So I'm, I'm I'm surfing some pretty ordinary waves most days of the week, but I'm having an absolute blast because of. You know what I'm surfing. It's the boards that are um, lighting up the, you know, the, um, the session for me. Gee, I would have said your waves are way, way better than ours on the Sunshine Coast. <laughs> oh, they're not, um, they're not too bad. But I mean, when it's pumping, it's only autumn, really. Mm. Um, 
but yeah, this morning, you know, it was like two to three foot, just me and a mate on a couple of timber boards and just, you know, flying down the line because of that little bit of, you know, the momentum you get with the, the weight behind the timber boards. Um, just, just laughing, it's just, yeah, I mean, that's what it's all about. So in terms of the, 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 I suppose, board shapes, you, you've got the different types of construction and, and you're doing everything from, I suppose, your, your high-performance short boards through to, through to guns and, and, and long boards, is that right? And you're doing some retro shapes and so on? Yeah, so I, I have um, kind of, I've got eight, eight models which I have used over the years because um, I do keep notes and journals of um, everything that I've done um, and all the all the favourites that I have done over the years will be board models mm-hmm. um, and because of the techniques that I'm using and, and the price and all that sort of stuff um, I'll only be kind of working to like a bit, the models will be able to be tweaked but I want to be able to give the customer a board that I know works if they're going to invest you know that kind of money and time with me I want to make sure that um, you know they're confident that their product's going to work so, um, so those eight models why, what are they? Are they kind of like a... Is there a fish in there and a... Yeah. Single yeah, so, fin? You know, there's only one kind of shortboard in there to, mm-hmm. just for the good days that we get around here. Because, yeah. um, I mean, guys who are making shortboards, they're, they're a dime a dozen. And like how, like the, the boards are a good representation of what I surf, what I enjoy to surf. Mm-hmm. Um, there's only one shortboard because I... Yeah, I mean, I'm only on a shortboard probably once every three months. Yeah. Um, but primarily fish, um, egging shapes, um, quads, a lot of quads, um, which is a good representation of our area, you know, like quads with a bit of a length um, tend to make it through the, um, you know, the mushroom sections that we do get served up here and, um, you know, make the, make the most of the bad situation. Um, and, yeah, I think that the boards that I have are, are a good representation of the area um, that we surf and, and are well suited to that. Um, yeah, with a, with a few single fins in there as well. Because, um, I, I love to surf um, single fins. Yeah, and any any longboards at all? Or um, I'm a, the jury's kind of out on that. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, I, I have got one longboard model that I do, but I I don't really surf them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm just sort of going off feedback and, and my notes. Um, I haven't proved the formula that I've worked to, but um, I think it's. I'd, I'd be more confident in giving people um, boards that I would surf, mm-hmm. ones that I'm familiar with, that I've tested myself. Yeah. Um, and same with the long boards. You know, there's so many guys that, that, that do a good long board. It's better um, leaving it to those guys um, to, to do that. And I'll just focus on what I'm good at. Yeah, and focus on something unique and, and unique appeal of the board, so. No, that's that's brilliant. I really appreciate your time. That's that's awesome. I hope you enjoyed my chat with Robbie Marshall. It was once again brought to you by the team at BOQ Budrum. Remember, if you want old school face to face banking without the corporate BS, talk to Marcus Henderson and his team at BOQ Budrum. Want to hear more about interesting grassroots surf personalities? Want to read more about interesting grassroots surf personalities? 
go to smorgasporter.com.au. You can listen to our latest podcasts or you can get yourself a home delivery subscription. 25 bucks a year, four editions, smorgasporter.com.au. Cheers, smorgasporters. Get wet. Check in next week.